right. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to this edition of Bible News Radio. Hey, I am your sweet and lovable host. Yeah, I am. Uh, Stacy Lynn Harp. Hey, in case you didn't see our name here, there it is. Stacy Lynn Harp. I host this show. My handsome, hunky husband, Randall, is the guy that produces it and comes on camera showing his handsome, hunky face and and uh, gives commentary when I ask him to, just so you know. <laughs> hey, if you're just joining us, this is your first time. I want to let you know that we are not your normal Christian radio show. No, we're not, we're not like out here fleecing the flock or anything like that. We are here to declare the truth of the gospel. And one of the things that we like to do is we like to talk about the Bible in the news. And also we like to look at sometimes the headlines of the day so that we can go, huh, what is the appropriate biblical response to what's happening in the culture? And so today what we're going to do, because we do a two-hour show every week, almost two hours, give or, give or take. Today what we're going to do in this hour is we're going to look at some of the sad stuff that I've seen this week uh, coming out of the church. And I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. But here's the thing. It's happening, so we got to discuss it. And one of the things I want to just let you know, if you're brand new to the show, um, our website is BibleNewsRadio.com. That way. I did it again. I did it the wrong way. That you're way. Right. BibleNewsRadio.com and HeartTug.org is the website. Uh, HeartTug International is our nonprofit that produces this show. Just so you know, if you're wondering, like, what's HeartTug? Well, that's what it is. It's our nonprofit that, that actually produces the show um and so you can go there i want to invite you to join our email list also join our text message list here you can see team unstuck or bible news text 33222 to that my cat is screaming his head off at the moment i'm gonna wait for him to stop because it's very irritating you done okay Anyway, so if you, if, you, if you text the word Team Unstuck to 33222, what that does is that puts you on my Bible reading accountability text message list where I send out a text message uh, every day asking you, where are you reading in the Bible? Or at least trying to encourage you to read in the Bible. I actually have probably 20% of the people on that list actually text me back. Which is really sad because this is an accountability list. So um, if you want to be accountable, get on that list. If you just want show updates about what this show does, then text the term Bible News, one word together, to 33222. And you'll get updates every day about uh, the show, about our Daily Disciples Facebook group, people who are reading the Bible in that group. Because uh, my, goal, my goal here <clears throat> is to get you into the Word of God. That is my main goal right? To get people into the word so that the word gets into you so that your life is changed and that you're an effect, you're an effective, attractive ambassador for Christ in this culture that we live in, which is basically modern day Babylon, basically. Okay. So with that said, I also want to give you an announcement and share with you that next Wednesday, I'm very honored to have, um, Nagme, I'm not sure how to say her last name, formerly Abedini, coming on the show. She's uh, the ex-wife of Pastor Saeed Abedini, who was persecuted for his faith in Iran a number of years ago. 
here's the thing. Nagme was abused by him. She was raped by him, beaten by him, uh, almost murdered by Pastor Saeed, right? And um, when she revealed that to Christian leaders like Franklin Graham, um, Franklin Graham and others kind of bullied her and tried actually to get her to stay with the man. Unconscionable. Um, I am, if you know me, if you really know me, you, you, number one, you know that I've never been a fan of Franklin Graham. I think he's a pompous narcissist. Um, and I think he's walking in his daddy's footsteps. Um, and don't trust the guy as far as I could throw him. And after hearing the audio of what he said to her, I was so angry that I was like, you know what? You know, I, I try not to get all sensational on this show, even though that's what, what people tune in for. In this case... It's about time that a woman who's been abused by a Christian pastor gets her, gets her say. And you know what really makes me sick to my stomach is that there are so many people in the church who have dismissed her like, oh, well, you know, whatever. And you know what really makes me mad is that's so common. You know, I will tell you, not only as somebody who survived my own abuse— and stood up to the family system in my life and, and said, hey, this is what happened to me. You know, I was a victim of all these crimes and stuff. And, you know, it's Snoozeville from the people that supposed to, supposedly love you the most, right? Um, oh, we don't want to talk about that. No, let's not talk about that. You know, the family secret. It's a secret, you know. Hey, don't you know what happens behind closed doors stays here? You know, kind of like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'm sorry, but... I don't think so, right? Good change never happens if people remain silent. I don't care what level it's at. If it's family, the church, government, school, whatever, until people of courage stand up and say, you know what, enough. This is enough. We, we need to, you know, stop it here and change the pattern and say, look, there's a different way, right? And here's the thing. I think... Everyone in the world is redeemable because Jesus died for everybody. I think everybody has a chance at a good, redemptive, holy life if they really repent. I, I believe that. Um, I have seen a child molester that I know, unfortunately. Um, I mean, you know, I've seen this man change and repent. I've seen him truly repent and never do that again. But I also know that there's people out there under the guise of Christianity and Christian leadership that they're like, you know what, I'm a, I, this is who I am and, and I'm all that and a bag of chips and you have to do what I say because I'm super awesome. <laughs> I think Franklin Graham is one of those. And um, I think there's quite a few other Christian men in Christian leadership that are also some of these arrogant narcissistic type. And yeah, and I will say it. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do to me for saying it? Hate me? Not like me anymore? Okay, whatever. I'm used to that. Because <laughs> truth tellers are often um, killed. Look at the prophets in the Old Testament. They killed them. Um, because they didn't walk around going, oh, look at him. Oh, he's so great. Blah, 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 blah. No, they're like, hey, you know what? Judgment is coming. If you don't repent, you're dead. And people don't want to hear that. They want their ears to be tickled. And yet, I believe, and I've said this for a long time, I believe right now the church is being judged 
in more ways than you you know because if you're watching anything then you can see so many of these ministries and christian leaders have been um have been exposed for who they are and so today uh, yeah today i'm going to look at some of this stuff as much as i don't want to um because frankly you know ephesians 4 actually says that we should expose unfruitful deeds of darkness, and that's what this is. And I don't care if they're naming themselves a Christian or not. Um, the fruit that bears repentance actually shows that you're a Christian. If there's rotten fruit that doesn't have anything to do with that, then I would say that they're not, but only God knows the heart, right? Okay, so how many of you remember <clears throat> uh, world-famous Christian apologist Robbie Zacharias? Okay, yeah, I remember. He was one of my favorite Christian apologists ever. I love this guy. I actually literally have almost every single book he ever did on Audible. This is Audible. Um, and one of his books is called um, How Has Christianity Failed You? The, ir the irony of that. Um, I love that book because it was like, yeah, you know, he addressed issues and stuff like that and all that. He spoke all over the world. He did all this stuff. Um, he was revered by the whole evangelical Christian world as being probably the world's premier Christian apologetic, apologist, defender of the faith. Well, you know, after he died, and actually it was before he died, but, but very little Christian media covered it, he was exposed as somebody who was sexually abusing people. And um, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries covered it up. His daughter, Sarah Davis, who many years ago was actually a guest on my show, I actually interviewed her, um, was the CEO of RZIM. Well, just a couple of days ago, literally two days ago, Christianity Today wrote a new article here titled, Robbie Zacharias' Daughter Steps Down to Launch New Ministry. This is by Daniel, Daniel uh, Silliman. Um, so let's look at this. It says here, the CEO of Robbie Zacharias International Ministries, RZIM, has stepped down to start a new apologetics organization. Sarah Davis led RZIM through her father, Robbie Zacharias's death, the posthumous, posthumous, thank you, Randall. <laughs> I am highly educated, but some things I just can't say. Uh, how do you say that? posthumous investigation of his sexual abuse and the breakup and dramatic downsizing of the global apologetics ministry. Now she will go out on her own and launch a new ministry called Encounter. So note here, we're rebranding here. This is called rebranding, just so you know. According to incorporation papers filed with the state of Georgia, Encounter's purpose is, quote, carrying the gospel invitation to individuals and engaging in their questions so that they may encounter the love of Christ and enter relationship with him, unquote. It will also engage, quote, thoughtful individuals in gospel conversations, unquote, and work on, quote, training and discipling messengers of Christ's love for their spheres of influence, unquote. The mission is not that different from the one stated in our, our, our ZIM's incorporation papers filed in the state of Georgia in 1986 when Davis was 10. So she's younger than me. I graduated from high school in 1986. 
RZIM was founded for a proclamation of the gospel throughout the world and assistance in the development of evangelical Christian leadership. Davis, now 46, declined to answer questions about the new ministry, and RZM spokesman did not return a, a request for comment. Why? Why? That is what, why? What does Sarah have? Why will Sarah not address that? I mean, what's the deal? First of all, you have to understand that RZIM, um, what's the word? Nepotism. There's nepotism in these ministries, right? Any ministry that has only family board members on the board of the ministry, hello. Uh, <clears throat> Franklin Graham, hello. Do you people see a pattern here? Just saying. Okay, anyway, it says here, Davis's departure may pave the way for RZIM's relaunch. The ministry announced in March it would regroup and rebrand as soon as the complete culture review was finished. <laughs> the expert, the exit rather, appears to mark an end to the internal struggle over that culture review. RZIM, RZIM leadership disagreed over whether the ministry bears any corporate responsibility for Zacharias' sin whether there was a need for a full examination of RZIM's culture and practices to move forward. Yeah, it does. That's the problem. Why do you think Sarah has resigned, people? She was basically told to resign by the people who were supporting the ministry, and a lot of these people left the ministry because the more uh, the sexual abuse issues that came out with, with Ravi came out, everybody was like, oh, okay, all right, you know, let's cover our butt, we're out of here. You know, a lot of people were were calling for the closure of Ravi Zacharias's ministries, and frankly, they should it should be closed. And I know people will go, "Well, why are you like wanting to throw out the baby with the bathwater?" You know, didn't he do good stuff? Blah 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 blah. Well, yeah, he did. He was a good Christian apologist on some level. There was probably some good fruit from his ministry, but. When you have a sexual pervert as the head of a ministry that's named after the ministry, then um, <laughs> I would want to get rid of the ministry altogether. Just saying. I mean, uh, anyway. This article from Christianity Today goes on to say, according to multiple people familiar with inner conflict at RZIM, Davis uh, contracted uh, guidepost solutions to review the ministry's structures, finances, and practices, including the handling of abuse allegations. The RZM board of directors moved to limit the scope of the investigation, of course, and keep any findings from becoming public. Of course they did. The guidepost evaluation was aimed at identifying areas of, quote, unhealth, according to Davis, and help the ministry do everything we can to prevent any kind of abuse in the future. And I'm not going to read the rest because it's a long article. But if you want to read the whole thing, you can go over there. Randall, do you have any thoughts on this? Because this is <sighs> bothers me. I have lots of thoughts. What are your thoughts? Well, is this a time not... for Randall's rant? <sighs> well, no, I'm not sure if what's going on here, the, the dynamics of this, is this uh, a coordinated effort by RZIM and Sarah Davis? you know, to save face or, you know, this kind of hints that she contracted a CEO guidepost solutions to come in and, and the rest of the board is saying, wait, 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 let's limit the scope of the investigation and keep, and that could be why she left. She's because 
her oh, quote she... is here is to do everything we can to prevent any kind of abuse in the future. And I, whatever the case is, whether whether they're in agreement she's stepping down to say face the ministry or she's fed up with them trying to limit, you know, you know, the limit, the scope of the investigation, whatever it is, um, you know, the fact that. I like how you're trying to look at the bright side. No, well, anyway, I, I... The, the, the lesson for all of us is uh, having accountability systems in place. Uh, accountability, transparency, all that, especially at, at that level. I, I'm not a fan of founding a ministry that bears your name. That's that's just my. That's personal. why we named this ministry after heart after our dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nepotism yeah. in the heart family. You know. Yeah, but it's not. You heart know. tug tug was the name of our dog. In case you didn't know that. But it's not. You know. <laughs> It's not glory to the Harps International or, you know, whatever. You know, it's, it's That would be awful. No, I'm not glory to, but you know what I mean? You know, it didn't bear a name because it's not. G-T-H-I. Anyway. Glory to the Harps International. That's anyway, us. Anyway, it's, it's, it's not about us. No, it's not. No. I hope not. Uh, no. If it is, if you're watching because of us, you're so sad. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I don't. That's that's a personal, um, whatever personal peeve, I guess. A personal a um, pet peeve is that what you're meaning? Uh, no, it's not not a pet peeve. It's just a uh, sensitivity of mine to um, even found a for profit business and give it your name. I don't know. That just seems a little bit <laughs> boastful yeah. to me. Well, and how much less a ministry bearing your name and and that's i've here's a pet peeve people say oh i go to chuck smith's church or i go to you know right uh you know uh, of course he's passed but that was a common thing you know or, or you know i i go to you know whatever i'm trying to think of the chino hills jack uh hibbs, jack hibbs yeah, yeah. Go to jack hibbs church well it's i like a, jack i do too but I'm not, but. it's not an indictment on him. It's when people identify uh, a ministry with, you know, one of its leaders and give it that name. It is, it's, and. Um, well, you know, okay, wait, to be fair. And I'm not, I, I'm, not putting, say, I'm not putting that on Jack. I'm putting that on the no, congregants. No, no, but I will say, to be fair, I think part of the reason why. <laughs> All right, you're going to hear something from me. It might sound snarky. It's, never, it's not meant to be, but anyway. I think part of the reason why ministries are named after people is because it is really hard to come up with a ministry name. Like, for example, the Holiness Tabernacle Temple of the Red Sea, you know, or the First Baptist Holiness Temple Pentecostal Movement dub face of the, you know, the Vinagev. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like the first about Baptist- encounter. I mean, how hard was that? <laughs> well, there are if you Google encounter for other things, there's uh, going to be encounter whatever uh, encounter. You know, when I see when I hear the word and encounter, some of them are probably <laughs> some of them are probably free love societies. Yes, that's what uh, I'm saying. Let's have an encounter. Why not biblical encounter? Uh, you know, um, yeah, I I think that. <clears throat> 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> Names are hard, but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so that's just uh, personal sensitivity to name a ministry, you know, to name a business of any kind after yourself. Um, if it's a family name, you know, like just the last name Smith, you know, Smith and Sons or whatever. Okay, you know, it's something you're going to pass down the generation. Smith and Wesson. Exactly, you know, a uh, <laughs> couple of founders, you know, yeah. but. But if it was just, and if it was John Smith Enterprises, or, you know, I don't know what the first names of the founders Smith and Wesson were, but, you know, Wes Wesson, I don't know. Um, you know it's, I don't know. That's, eh, I don't know. Because you want, you want it, you want it to be, have an impact bigger than yourself. You, know, you don't want to identify with yourself, you know. I think anybody who starts a business or a ministry I hope that their heart and their vision is something bigger than themselves, like God size, maybe. Yeah. And so when you <clears throat> attach your own name to it, that's I mean, our problem. <laughs> it kind of, it kind of limits it. Our problem is that we don't have a God size vision, and we don't know what we're doing. Basically, that's yeah. our problem. But you know, anyway. whatever, who cares? You know. Anyway, I, I spent too long on that. Mm. the The whole point I was trying to get to. Um, I didn't bring up the naming of, you know, how hard it is. And anyway, is that when you've got a ministry with some powerful leaders and because you want the scope to be bigger than the individual, installing some safeguards, human nature being what it is, I don't care how, how squeaky clean you are. Right. Um, uh, the devil and his demons move in places like that where there's power and fame and prestige. And, you know, the, the those situations can be greatly tempting. Well, that's why yeah. that's why the interview with Nagme is going to be very important because yeah. because she was offered money by Graham and didn't take it. And other stuff and you if you want to get a sneak peek just go over to julieroys.com she's done all this coverage of it but um <clears throat> so yeah i'm concerned i'm i like the idea that dave is i'm not really familiar with guidepost solutions but it wasn't just to review you know the culture and how we talk is the ministry structure finances practices abuse allegations how are we going to deal with all of that going forward because obviously we screwed up in the past you know because this went on for years apparently and well yeah and if anybody knew they didn't report it you know there's got to be we, we gotta um you know what i know of a girl who was 14 years old, who went to the church, who said that they were molested. And you know what the church did? Said, go to the school and tell them instead. Yeah. That was me. Mm -hmm. That happened to me. Okay? So, I was 14. How? how <clears throat> when was the last time you looked at a 14-year-old and they actually came forward to say, okay, this is what happened to me, to the church, and the church who was supposed to be helping you didn't do a darn thing because they didn't want to get involved. Nice. Yeah, so the mm. RZIM board of directors moved to limit the scope of the investigation. Well, that's to me, that's a red flag right there. Right, they did. You know, that's part of the reason why the she's not model, in there. You know, David says, search <clears throat> me and try me. Know my, and see if there would be wicked way in me. Um, there ought to be a, you know, because we're all laid bare before God. 
Um, but there should be a willingness to, hey, whatever you need to do. I mean, this is a serious thing that went down here. And if if there's anything that contributes that, yeah, turn over every rock, every leaf, whatever you have to do. We need a third party because obviously those close to the situation let things go by. Either they weren't aware of them or they turned a blind eye, whatever. We need an outside third party, you know, come in and just. Okay, now I will say something. Um, <clears throat> this is the therapist in me talking. <clears throat> I will say, I'll make a comment. Here's the thing. Um, Sarah Davis and Margie, uh, Robbie's widow, um, you know, they were a part of this family system, right? That had him heading it. Which tells me, if I were to get into counseling with these people and, and try to talk to them, number one, they're probably trauma bonded to them, which means that they have some type of bond despite the trauma. And so part of how they're reacting has some issues. And so they're, they're, they're in denial. Okay, denial. Um, there could have been other there can be other factors there too which would un, which would help me to understand why they do what they do but you know what they have to seek help in order to get the help that they need um i can't imagine i mean i mean seriously if randall and i were married 50 years and we had children and i found out that he was molesting our children i would I would kill him probably, to be honest with you. But aside after I committed murder, I, I would I would be like, I would be like, how in the world? So I can understand her denial and trying to deal with it, the wife's, and I can totally understand it with Sarah. For all we know, maybe he molested her. We don't know. I'm not saying he did, but, you know, you never know, right? So... Looking at all that stuff, to be fair, there has to be some some looking at that, which is why I think it's important to talk about the abuse um, and what and what Nagme is going to be talking about. She'll be talking about her experience, which unfortunately is a very common experience. This story over on the Christian Post came out yesterday. It's titled Florida Pastor, Teacher Among 125 Arrested in Human Trafficking Sting, Five Rescued. Five, five, five people have been rescued. Maybe that doesn't sound like a lot, but you know what? To the five people that were rescued, that's huge. Listen to this. This is, um, <clears throat> yeah. And you know what? The rescuers, they don't even get the applause that they deserve. It says here, a Florida pastor who launched a new church this fall and a teacher were among 125 people arrested in a 20-day human trafficking sting that resulted in the rescue of four women and a 17-year-old. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office announced Monday, individuals who make a conscious choice and effort to take advantage of others through human trafficking have no room in Hillsborough County. Hills Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister declared during a press conference on the arrests, our approach and effort Efforts year-round are proactive and relentless. Our strong team of detectives will continue to work tirelessly to take down and put a stop to human trafficking. I will tell you, there's a couple of things that go against all the people who are trying to take down human trafficking. Number one, money, manpower, and all that. Because human trafficking is heavily tied to the, to the pornography industry, which is a gazillion-dollar business. And um, 
super hard to to you know the the bad guys outweigh the good guys by a million okay so um Chronister said during the sting operation dubbed operation roundup that started on august 4th and ended october 13 undercover detectives targeted criminals who attempted to prey upon minors sought sex for themselves or exploited victims through human trafficking among those arrested are joel velasco 38 a teacher and unspecified Hillsborough School and Pastor Samuel Phillips Jr., 44, who recently launched Be Limitless Church. <laughs> of course, in Riverview. Uh, throughout this operation, our detectives created undercover profiles online and chatted with men who believed they were speaking to minors, created false advertisements for sex, and undercover female detectives posed as streetwalkers. <clears throat> Chronister and Velasco offered to pay undercover detectives. 60 bucks in exchange for sex while Phillips responded to a false pl- ad placed on an escort website offered to pay our undercover detective for sex. These men who were all held to a standard of trust and respect were all arrested for soliciting another to commit prostitution. Be Limitless Church did not immediately respond to a request for comment on their pastor's arrest when uh, contacted by the Christian Post on Tuesday. The church also disabled its Facebook page. Of course it did. Of course. Why wouldn't it disable its page? In a video on the church's website, Phillips explained that God gave him the vision for the church in January, that he and his wife, along with their two young daughters, have been on a mission, quote, to advance the kingdom of God by transforming communities and bringing hope to the culture through simplistic and practical biblical teachings that will help them discover purpose and experience the love of God in their everyday life. Leaders at the church further noted launching a new church is a huge opportunity to serve our community and its surrounding areas. We are a group of unified leaders that are focused on making a difference in the lives of others. We believe there is a place here for you to come and join us. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't say, you know, difference for good though, right? Human trafficking survivors like Connie Rose, who was trafficked by her father in the 1970s, praised the effort to clamp down on the practice by the sheriff's office in a Fox 13 interview. You're setting this incredible, you're setting this incredible message about don't buy sex in Tampa, said Rose, who runs Victims, the number two survivors, a nonprofit support group. We are very serious about eradicating human trafficking in our own backyard and these Sting operations, the way that he runs them with his teams, are absolutely phenomenal. What really took me back on this particular one, Sting, is that there was a teacher and a pastor, and that these people, uh, and that these are people that our children look up to, she said. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, if you know anything about predators, sexual predators, you know that they're often in the helping professions. They're doctors, lawyers pastors, teachers, bus drivers, uh, you know, any anywhere they can get access to children, that's where these people are. Um, and um, it's tragic. And, you know, the other thing that's tragic, uh, aside from this, is, is that, um, unfortunately, this pastor gets the press, well, because he's a pastor, um, and the victims are often ignored, right? W- whatever act that these people committed, actually, in this case, apparently it was just buying the, the thing, 
It was probably more than that, though. They just got busted this time. You know, the average sexual predator molests at least 100 victims before they're even caught. Um, and it's probably more than that um, by the time somebody gets the courage to turn them in, right? Well, the host of this show turned mine in. That's rare, by the way. If you ever, if you ever want to know where the sex predators are in America, everywhere there's a red dot on a map, that's where a sex predator is. All you have to do is open up a map. It's full of red. The whole United States of America is a red dot. There's sex predators everywhere. Um, and those are the caught ones. Those are the reported ones. That doesn't include the ones that are never, or family members or whatever, have never uh, reported them. And I will tell you the overwhelming majority of the sex predators that you know about are ones that they knew their victim personally. It's family member or friend. Or, you know, somebody like this pastor, well, a friend, right? So it's a tragedy. Yeah, it is. It makes me mad. But for the five people that got saved that day, I'm glad that they got saved, and I hope that they can get some good help. Um, and that's the thing. If you're a victim of that, I want to encourage you. Um, it, recovery can be lifelong, you know? And it's, and it's tough. Recovery is tough uh, because there's layers to it. And, you know, the devil knows what he's doing when he tries to mar somebody that way in any way. Um, you know, he's coming after people because the image of God is imprinted in us and on us. He hates us. He hates humans. Um, and, uh, you know, I can tell you my perpetrator used God. As, as an excuse, oh, yeah, look at the Bible. Yeah, okay, we do this, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do a show on that. Let me know if it's something that would interest you, and I can, I can do some shows on that later. But let's look at some other news here. Um, we, have, um, uh, we have here from the Washington Examiner a story about Mike Pence and GOP lawmakers asking the Supreme Court of the United States to back a coach who was fired for prayer. I don't know how many of you heard about this, but um, it says here that uh, Republican lawmakers and a group founded by former Vice President Mike Pence filed amicus briefs um, this week asking the Supreme Court to take up the case of a Washington State high school football coach who said he was fired from his job for praying on the 50-yard line after a game. The documents are, are linked in the article here. It says here, as a coach for the Bremerton High School football team, Joseph Kennedy would wait until players left the field, then he would take a knee in silent prayer. The superintendent of uh, the school district sent a letter to Kennedy objecting to his conduct, writing that the coach, quote, neglected his responsibility to supervise what his players were doing, unquote, during that time, and that this is on-field prayer would lead a reasonable observer to think that the district was endorsing religion. Following the letter, Kennedy's contract with the school district was not renewed, resulting in his termination. So this guy ended up filing a lawsuit, and now they're dealing with it. So think of the logic of this. <laughs> you have a guy who's praying silently, probably for a minute. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he, didn't, he, he wasn't there for an hour praying silently um and he's losing his job right 
But in other news, you might see a story where uh, a teacher sexually preyed on somebody. He didn't lose his job, but instead he's, because he thinks he's a woman, he can go and cross-dress and then go into the opposite bathroom and he'll never lose his job. Okay, this is the insane world we live in. Uh, anyway, these prayer stories are nothing new, by the way. I will tell you that if you do a Google News search and you follow just the keyword prayer for any length of time, you will see stories like this all the time. Um, the devil doesn't like godly prayer, just saying. Um, no, another story that on the AP, Veterans Hospital in Bible Dispute, they agree to mediation. Again, here it is, a veterans thing. Two U.S. Air Force veterans and New Hampshire's Veterans Hospital involved in a legal dispute over the display of a Bible have agreed to mediation. The lawsuit filed in federal court in 2019 by the veterans against the Manchester Hospital director said the Bible's inclusion on a table near the entrance honoring missing veterans and prisoners of war is a violation of the U.S. Constitution. (laughs) Randall, you want to say something? (laughs) Nothing new that I haven't already said a thousand times. Uh, When they say in violation of the U.S. Constitution, they're talking about the First Amendment and the Bill of Rights. You know, the Bill of Rights, known as that, the first ten amendments to the U.S. Constitution, which were amended shortly after the ratification. And we can go into the history of that. But anyway, which says, Congress shall make no law respecting an institution of religion i thought it said prohibiting nor prohibiting the, the, free, exercise the free exercise thereof. thereof okay yeah all right that's the rest of the that's the rest of the sentence you're so smart um if you read the constitution you know it's not that long uh, but it's written in calligraphy so it's hard to read okay but it's been <laughs> It's been reproduced in, you know, print. I know, but it's... A typeface. If you read Um, it the way it was written in calligraphy, it's hard to read. Anyway, it's not a long document. Uh, Oddly, we have, you know, a few-page document that's been great for the backbone of this nation for 200, what, 40 years, something like that? And then we've got... And then we need to pass 1,400-page bills to find out what's in them to govern a few aspects of our lives. Anyway, but if you read it, it's clear it's about limiting the powers of government. That's really what the Constitution is all about. The the language is, you know, we're going to split it in three branches and we're going to limit each the power of each. Because these were Europeans, former Europeans, that came from monarchies. Or 245 years old, just so you know. Okay. You know, the, you know from, from monarchies that were in bed with um, religion, not with Christians, but... And, and then this... Uh, anyway, this all-powerful entities. And so, in this new government... Let us limit the powers of government, and um, and then some. Some of the delegates said, "Well, wait a second. This all talks about limiting the powers of government, but what about the rights of the people? We need to re- enumerate those as well." 
And like, okay, so they amended, and the very first one considered religion. It says, Congress shall make no law respecting institutional religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So what would be in violation of the U.S. Constitution is Congress to make some law about religion that either, you know, that either favors a particular institution like, you know, the Methodist Church or the Catholic Church or puts this, you know, the Presbyterian Church above, or make some law that would prohibit someone's free exercise of religion, whatever that may be. So... Well, so if, if if a veterans hospital, as tradition has been, the the has the place setting for those the prisoners of war and missing in action, POWs, MIAs, there's always been this the place setting for them, the empty you know to remember them that they're gone, and the place of Bible has been part of these displays for decades at a minimum. Um, yeah. And and so they're looking, oh, it's a veteran, it's attached to the U.S. government, you know, the VA, and it's a veteran hospital, and it's got a Bible that's violating the U.S. Constitution. Well, I don't recall Congress uh, making the law that says put this Bible on the table. If Congress comes along and says you can't put that Bible on the table, you, you veterans and whoever sets up this display, then that would be a violation of the Constitution. Um, you can, you can debate about it and say, oh, it makes you uncomfortable. It's offensive. You can do that all day. That's fine. Have those healthy debates. But to say it's a violation of the U S constitution is, is ridiculous because there's nothing in the U S constitution. This is the veterans hospital can't have a Bible on display on a table near the entrance. It limits the powers of Congress. Anyway. Well, this says here, the article goes on to say, the veterans said the table should be a memorial to all who have served, who have served, and they had suggested re- replacing the Bible with a book of faith containing the writings and prayers from seven religious groups. Government lawyers argued the lawsuit should be dismissed because the lead plaintiff acknowledged he wasn't offended by the display. <laughs> a judge on Friday reported a joint statement from the veterans and the hospital said that mediation should occur by December 17th. Just so you know. Yeah. There's so much Bible news, people. There's so much Bible news. There is. Yeah, there is. So with that said, you know, there's so much more news that we could cover, but our time is limited. So what I would encourage you to do is to join my email list. Randall, you just got a brand new thing that you're about ready to post, right? As a giveaway or as yes. a downloadable, what is it you want to share what that is? Randall worked really hard on this, by the way. It's so nice. Um, okay, I'm, I'm not really a graphic designer by trade nor education. I'm, I dabble in it. But anyway, um, I want to put a lot more on it. But since this we're about getting people in the Word, I uh, basically put a two-sided letter size sheet together. Uh, just some Bible facts, includes an Old Testament timeline, uh, the division of the Hebrew scriptures, which is really interesting. There's a verse in Luke that anyway ties it together. And uh, what else do I have? And then just the distribution of the languages of the Bible. I don't know, a couple, there's like five different things on there that are just just, just a handful 
man, a handful, five things, uh, Bible facts that hopefully will, uh, you know, be a handy reference and just talking points for and places to launch for deeper study. When will that be on the site? Um, I would expect sometime later today, and that's and that's going to be, you know, as a thank you for signing up for our email list. Yeah, so you guys will want this. It's really cool. Randall's, he's so humble. He he's such a great graphic. Designer. He's so artsy. Everything that he does is artsy. Anyway, uh, and I guess for those who are ready on the news list, we can send we can send a link to that in okay. like the next issue. Okay. Of the, newsletter so we'll do that so we want you to know that though that i will be sending out email we'll give you updates um and you know i really my heart's desire is to have your heart tugged toward the lord uh more than anything and whether that's by encouraging you every day to be in the bible and reading it to be in our daily disciples group and having it read to you if you don't want to read it um being in a bible study that we're doing or um, if you just need some counsel, you know, these are the areas that we we do. And um, I don't want to be a downer Christian show. I want to be an upper. <laughs> Not in the wrong sort of ways, but you know what I'm talking about. I want you to be encouraged because there is hope, right? You know, never forget, you know, one of my one of my friends who I absolutely adore, I love her with, with all my heart. One of the things that she said to me is many years ago was, I'm probably the most optimistic person you'll ever meet. And the funny part is, is that you might not know that if you knew her. <laughs> but the reality is, is she really has been. Um, there's always hope. You know, there's there's real hope found in the living word of God. Um, and, you know, I want to encourage you, if you've never read the Bible, open up, just just get a Bible. You can download on, on the Internet. You can Google it if you don't own one. Um but just begin by reading God's word, and it will change you from the inside out. And that's the amazing thing about it. Um, one day, this life here on earth will be over for you. Um, and one day, you're going to stand before the creator who made you. And my hope is that when you do, you will know him. And you won't be somebody who's like, oh, you were real, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, um, this this life isn't real life, really. The you know Janet Parcel um, used to say all the time on her show, "Real life hasn't yet begun." When we live with him for all eternity, that is going to be real life, and he is going to be the center of everything that we do and where we're where we are. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. Um, there's not going to be any more pain and sorrow or sickness. Um, it's going to be great. <laughs> I look forward to that day personally, because I'm sick of grief and the sin in this world. But, um, but we have hope and never forget that. Never forget that, that there is always hope. Your, your heart and your, your, your attitude and your feeling might be downcast for a day or a moment, but it's only temporary. Right, you can move forward, and you can move on, and you can have a good shepherd that loves you and that walks with you through it. Um, you know, 
So be encouraged. I'd love to. I'd love your feedback from the show, from whatever episodes you listen to. Feel free to drop me an email. Let me know what you think. Uh, let me know if you have any topics you'd like Randall and I to cover, um, even in an email or you know something that I could write in an email for you. Um, and we'll do what we can to help you. As James four eight says, "Draw near to God, and He'll draw near to you." Right. So. If you like what we do, also, please feel free to donate to our nonprofit, Heart Tug International. You can do that over at our website, hearttug.org. So until next time, take care, you guys. We'll see you. We'll see you. We'll see you soon.